What about Speedy? Do you all think he's um he's a stereotype or not? Because I mean, he always wins. He's smart. He's fast. He's the opposite of like the slow Mexican. So, what do y'all think? You think think he's a he's a hero? He's a positive image, or or is he Speedy. stereotype of Mexicans? Speedy, yeah, Speedy Gonzalez. <sighs> uh, he always outsmarts the cat, right? He always beats him. So. <laughs> Can y'all hear me okay? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. Because, because all of a sudden, I I, I, I changed the, the setting and then my audio wasn't working. I was like, oh, no. Um, I think it's I think it's going. I think it'll work. We'll, we'll try and see how far we get. <laughs> yeah. I heard your question, Jose. Pretty good question. I don't know because I saw that uh, Gabriel Iglesias, you know, Fluffy does the voice of him in that new Space Jam movie, and they were interviewing him, and they asked him oh. if he thought that it was like a that that they they told him, look, you can do any voice you want, you don't have to do it like the old Speedy, because some, some people might feel that the old Speedy was st- like a stereotype, right? You know, I'm the land whatever. And he said, no, he said, you know, Speedy was the the hero, right? I mean, he was smarter than the cat. He always got away from him. He you know, he was quick. So he kind of tried to keep the voice the same sort of. And he said that he saw Speedy as like a, you know, like a like a good image for for Hispanics and Mexicans. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of see it like that, too. I don't, I don't I don't see him as a hero. I don't have a poster of him in my room or anything. But I mean, all this cancel culture and. <clears throat> Politic correct stuff like come on man it's a cartoon it's a joke <laughs> but well yeah but if you look at some some of those old old things I, they get pretty racist oh, oh there was some there was some propaganda during world war ii mm-hmm. yeah that japanese mm-hmm. those, those ones really pushed the envelope but i don't think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that's really was fine i mean He's, he's Hispanic. How are they supposed? <laughs> well, other than the you know dress, I, other than the Irish way he's dressed, I think I think he's great. I think that they could change his wardrobe, but other than that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, his character is good. Because <laughs> they always make the Mexicans look lazy, right? Then. Yeah, yeah. Mm. As they did with blacks. As well, mm-hmm. they did that with blacks. There's, there's all types. Uh, race has nothing to do with it. There's, there's lazy of every, of every sort. 
And there's hard work in a movie short. I think it was a different time when those cartoons came out, you know, so you're not trying to excuse the people that made the cartoons, but. <clears throat> anyway, I guess that uh, leads us to, oh, I got a gnat right, fly right in front of me. Um, <laughs> I guess that leads us to uh, our topic today. Um, we are celebrating uh, National um, Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, I guess you could classified as latino or you know what whatever you want you know it's like <laughs> I, I i'm a little used to latino but i mean i'll, I'll switch between the two so get the, get the term right boomer <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> to do so properly shouldn't we actually have some latinos on this panel <laughs> 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 might, might be a good idea. I, I think I think the cat is Latino there. <laughs> I was asking. I was asking her about that when you were gone. <laughs> anyway, we're uh, we're the the pod squad. This is a pod squad sessions. Um, I'm Belinda. Uh, over to this side is Mike. Over to this side is Jose. Uh, down here should be Susan and down here should be Victor. So if, uh, if I'm wrong, I will correct it on the screen. Uh, but yeah, we decided to, uh, talk about all things Latinx, uh, Hispanic. Um, so, uh, I don't know. How do we, how do we want to start off? <laughs> nobody, nobody makes an, an executive decision here <laughs> uh, i know we're going to cover three things so are all is each of us going to cover three things and the next person covers three things or are we going to go movie 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 you can do it however you want but susan's going to say that i changed it so <laughs> <laughs> she was upset the last time susan how do you how, how what, what do you think susan how should we do this hmm? Uh, let's go movies, I guess. Movies first? Okay. All right. Let's do that. Nice. Start with movies? Okay. Yeah, we're, I guess we're going to start with movies. So, um, anybody want to go first? Pick somebody. We need one of those things like at, like at school when we pick students, you know, like a little spinner oh, or something. You know, you like a, <laughs> and then it lands on somebody's name and then, all right. <laughs> Let's see. We could go alphabetically first name or alphabetically last name, or we could go oldest to youngest. Some people might be. Uh... <laughs> okay, that's I'm me. going last. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going last, way last. Please. Yeah. Oldest first because I could keel over at any time. You just never. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I don't know. Let's see. Let's. Why don't we go with Victor? We'll, oh, we'll start with Victor. Oh, God. your your last name starts with a C. We'll go with you. And I'm the oldest, so <laughs> <laughs> I qualified twice. <laughs> uh, so movies. So we're not going to do music or the misland, just the movies, right? Right now, I guess just movies. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, the edict has been set forth by Susan. So okay. <laughs> Uh, the movie I chose, I got to admit, I haven't seen this movie in a long time, but I did see it in theater. And it was a great movie. I really, really enjoyed it. 
Uh, and uh, it was a very successful movie, too. Uh, and that would be uh, like Water for Chocolate, uh, based on a best-selling novel. Uh, and it was uh, filmed in and around the uh, border area of Texas. And it's the story of, uh, you kind of have to go back to Mexican tradition. Um, the way it was back in the day, the youngest daughter would usually not marry because she was the one that was responsible for taking care of the mom when she got old. So the way the story goes is there's this family and the mother will not allow the daughter to have a boyfriend because she doesn't want to marry her off. She wants her to stay to be her caretaker when she gets older. Well, this young daughter is in love with this guy. Uh, so what ends up happening because he loves her too, he ends up marrying her sister, her older sister, so that they can be near each other. So it's it's quite uh, involved. Uh, and so the water for chocolate reference comes from the fact that the daughter is a very good cook. And so she puts a lot of her passion for him into her cooking. And uh, it, it gets a little creative because uh, there's a scene where she's she makes this beautiful meal and as everyone's eating it they're all they all become very um for lack of a better word horny <laughs> because of the food she makes uh so there's some humor in this movie it's a very good movie uh and it's worth seeing if you haven't seen it because it is very good it's in spanish i think you can find it in with with overdub in english but of course it's better if you see it, the spanish version with the subtitles um but it's a very good movie well acted and uh, the kind of a part that turned out later on, um, the directors, a man named Alfonso Arrao. And mm. uh, if you don't know who Alfonso Arrao is, he's a very accomplished actor and director. Uh, he's also a very handsome man because he also goes by the name of El Guapo. Uh, if you've ever mm -hmm. seen The Three Amigos, he plays El Guapo and he likes sweaters. So he's the one that directed the movie like Water for Chocolate. Uh, so he's it's a, a sweater. Director. Yeah, it's a sweater. Yes. <laughs> so he was a director, and uh, it was a very good movie. I strongly recommend it. It's 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 really good. And one other piece of tidbit of uh, uh, of uh, uh, trivia that I didn't know until I was researching this is while they were shooting this. There was another up and coming uh, Hispanic director on the set. He was just in town making his own movie. And he just kind of went over to watch them make this movie. And that director was Robert Rodriguez, who was oh. at, in the, he was actually making oh. El Mariachi while they were making like, Water for Chocolate. Oh, wow. wow. Know that. Yeah, that was, that's very fascinating. Uh, so yeah, there's uh, that connection there, but, uh, yeah, like water for chocolate will be my movie. It's a uh, really good, please check it out. Yeah. It's a recipes in it. I'm sorry. The book has the recipes in it. Oh yeah. Oh, wow. Hmm. <laughs> I didn't that's know cool. that either. Well, I, well. um, yeah, that's it. It's a really risque type movie, but, uh, um, I, you know, when, uh, very traditional because i remember there's one scene where the, the 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 daughter and the guy that end up do getting married they, they get married on on their on their honeymoon uh they give her a sheet to wear yeah. that has a strategic 
hole in the sheet because the, apparently back then uh, skin was not allowed to touch mm-hmm. when they were consummating the marriage. Uh, it's 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 fascinating movie to watch. You, you, I, I'm sorry I interrupted you, but I remember. That. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. And risque, and I, remember. I, I think that also had to do with um, like proof of uh, of consummation. Yeah. Um, and the title uh, comes from a Mexican saying that says "como agua para chocolate," which it means very hot, very passionate. So you, you know, yeah, I, you know, that's exactly what what the movie's about. But um, I was thinking about the story, and um, and I I I recalled a different movie with a very similar cool. storyline, Chocolat, mm. right? Wow. And that was kind of based in, uh, in, in France. Um, it was like an old, can't remember who's in it, Johnny Depp and mm-hmm. who is it? Um, I think that same French lady that always, or probably, co- yeah, I can't remember right Cotillard. now. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was trying to see like Chocolat was um, actually written by an English author, um, but it was a 99 uh, novel, um, like written in 99. And the other one was written in 1989. Oh. Um, so like Water for Chocolate actually beat out Chocolat. Chocolat was not as risque, although the stories are very similar, like as far as how the chocolate works into the, the story, you know, but um, but yeah, that reminded me of that when you were talking about that, that uh, the story. So mm-hmm. a little tidbit to throw in there. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. All right. Well, interesting movie. OK. <laughs> Somebody else is going to pick it. Says, I'm glad I'm going first. <laughs> uh, let's see who goes next who's next on the alphabet mm, Susan right yeah Susan you're next I don't like that the sex school <laughs> <laughs> okay do you pass Somebody's gonna take your your movie, but okay. It already been said. <laughs> oh, that was the one that you really? I was thinking of that one because I had read the book and then I saw the movie. Oh, but, mm, I'm sorry. That one was well, you mentioned the director, which was that movie too. <laughs> so that was Ed Mariachi. Well, I just mentioned oh, it. Oh, okay. Well, nobody's talked about it. He just mentioned it. <laughs> I didn't go into detail. I just yeah. mentioned it. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't see it when it came out. You know, I just saw it one day on TV. And, of course, it's in Spanish. But it was dub. Well, not dub. Um, what's it called? Uh, subtitles. Subtitles. Yes. You see them all in subtitles. Of course, like you said, Robert Rodriguez was a director. Um, I didn't know his budget on that movie was like seven thousand dollars. The whole movie. And that's pretty good. It's about a traveling guitar player, you know, 
just looking to play music, comes into a village, you know, a little town, stops by a bar, <clears throat> excuse me, um, but the people there are waiting for this assassin. They don't know how he looks, so they all think it's him, you know, because he's carrying his guitar case. So it gets into all that. I won't get the whole story. You should watch it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't give away the ending. He actually got his uh, $7,000 to make that film by mm-hmm. uh, doing a medical research study. Huh. That's, that's the story that's out there. <laughs> there you go. If you want to make a movie, go uh, submit yourself yeah, some, to some research. Donate <laughs> plasma. <laughs> so, turn yourself into a clinic become a lab rat for a month <laughs> and then make your film like, where, where did this third year come from the third year <laughs> <laughs> ah that's a good one hey I almost went to fire. my extra <laughs> finger what's this extra finger doing <laughs> <laughs> First, I let to the other movie, and I and I'm gonna say it. No, just just Desperado, you know. Mm, and then, yes, everyone knows that one because of one song too. Yeah, <laughs> it became a whole franchise after that uh, that initial mariachi movie. So, yeah, but that was my next movie after what Victor said. I had those two. I wouldn't remember that one. That was the. I track it for water. Yeah. Yeah. It's a did. long time ago. <laughs> Jose, Jose doesn't remember. He's a baby. He's a baby. Yeah, I'm too young. <laughs> it, it came out in 1992. So. Oh, man. So long ago. Oh. <laughs> wasn't even born then. 30 years ago. <laughs> oh, my God. I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> <laughs> make me feel old why don't you all right quick just a quick i forgot one of the the, the actors in that movie of the the uh, water for chocolate i know you probably never heard of him but marco leonardi and the other one lumi cavazos ah. <laughs> a relative victor a relative maybe <laughs> possibly I actually do have a relative that makes movies, but I've told y'all about him before. But, <laughs> but I, I don't know. Say if, if you can get a hold of him, like say I'm your long lost cousin, and then try to <laughs> get him to get you into Hollywood or something. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, who's next? I think that goes uh, to Jose next. All right. Woo. All right. <laughs> we got to do a grito for everyone. <laughs> that was terrible. I know my beetles are horrible. I wish I could, you could do a big, good one. But... Oh, maybe we <sighs> can uh, muster one up, a real one at the end. We'll see. Yeah, I <laughs> like your <burrito. laughs> All right, go ahead, uh, Jose. All right, so I'm. I picked this one. I, I thought somebody might have picked it, but I guess not. Um, 1990, well, I don't know if I wrote, oh, I think 97, uh, Gregory Nava directed Selena. So that's the, 
that's the one that I picked. I um, I I was a fan of Selena back in the day, but I think after the movie, and I actually didn't see the movie till like about two, like maybe three or four years ago, for the first time. Um, but I love the movie. And by the way, Gregory Nava also directed another movie that's one of my favorites called Mi Familia, or My Family. If you guys Don't have never seen that, that one, one, it's oh, 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 but, oh, man, anyway. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm <laughs> just talk, talk about Selena. I was just going to go off right now. By the way, well, I'm glad you're talking about him. It's a segue into my film. You talk about Selena. <laughs> I talk about me. Mike's going next, I guess, then. <laughs> yes. So Selena's mine. Um, of course, it was it was a big, um, it was a pretty, pretty modest hit, but I think it became more of a hit later, you know, once it came out like on DVD and stuff, uh, more people got exposed to it. Uh, a lot of information about it that I found, a lot of things that I thought were kind of cool that I didn't know about the movie, but I started out with just the basic stuff. Uh, Jennifer Lopez, of course, like her career defining role. Um, she was just like a dancer before that. And then she got the role of Selena, which was very controversial because she's Puerto Rican and from York. So a lot of people here in Texas were mad about that. Um, I th think even the dad wasn't very happy about that. But once they saw her, um, you know, that she was able to convince them. And the fact that she's a dancer, right? And Selena dances. And then I don't think Jennifer Lopez was singing yet. She didn't have like a recording contract yet, but she was able to they kind of lip sync pretty good and act pretty good. So um, that was required of the audition. They said that it's the second largest audition in history for an actress. The first one was Scarlett O'Hara from Gone with the Wind. But um, they had auditions all over the country, uh, Chicago, here in San Antonio. Thousands of people came out. Uh, but I think they kind of already had uh, an idea of who it was going to be because I think all that was just publicity stuff. I remember when they were talking <laughs> about it, like you, you see some of the they would they would pan over the girls, you know, that were waiting in line. I'm like, mm, I think some of those girls <laughs> gave them a chance in hell to. to what's wow. that? <laughs> when they did the auditions here in San Antonio, uh, my acting coach back in the day actually was one of the casting directors that was helping out with the auditions. He said, every girl in town showed up in a bustier. He goes, it didn't even matter if they were Hispanic. He had blonde <laughs> blue-eyed girls showing up. <laughs> they wanted, to, wanted to be Selena. He said, oh, yeah. Girls in there, I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anything for um, some Selena's. <laughs> think of Selena's. I know I don't look like her, but I sound like, <laughs> her. I look like her. Were you in the line? I, know, uh, I would have dressed in drag just to... exactly. <laughs> no, but I, I dressed I in drag and I was not at the audition. I missed that, but I did run across uh, Jennifer Lopez and the, her little entourage. The cast while they were filming in San Antonio, they actually made their way to a uh, a place on St. Mary Street. So I was in there. I was in there with some live music, and they were all there at the bar, kind of there. So didn't get didn't get to meet her or anything like that. But we wow. had in the same close bar. encounter with of the celebrity kind didn't yeah, happen there. <laughs> and the funny thing is, that night a big old brawl broke out in the bar. Ooh. 
So they asked of course, escorted her out right away. But uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, welcome to San Antonio. Yeah, right. What an impression. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to St. Mary Street. <laughs> but yeah, she was cool. there. Uh, uh, Jennifer Lopez was paid $1 million. Uh, at the time, she was the highest paid Hispanic actress. Um, or, well, Hispanic actress. I guess not actress, but just Hispanic actress. Um, doo -doo -doo -doo. A million? Uh, That's all she got? Was a million? At the time, mm -hmm. was, wow! Oh, pay for an act, an <clears throat> yeah, ninety-seven when it came out. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Uh, uh, Jennifer Lopez stayed with the family, like for a few days, to um, kind of learn their mannerisms. I think they all kind of like shadowed their their counterparts, except for her, of course, obviously. But but they all were living with the the family members and stuff, trying to you know gather stories about them and do research. And there's a scene in there where Chris Perez, uh, the, the guy, that, the actor that plays him, I think his name is John Seda. Um, there's a scene where he's playing the guitar. Well, that's actually Chris Perez's fingers that they show uh, playing the guitar. He had him come on set so that he could play the guitar. And then so a lot of people thought that the actor, he was like, he was like, I never played the guitar. And everybody kept asking me like to, to play in bands and stuff to because they, you know, we thought he was some kind of a shredder. Um, but um um let's see what it was. and so that's it that's kind of like the main the main thing i i i um information that i had about the movie but pretty influential pretty influential for me you know i'm, I'm a guy but and but i'm willing to admit that the movie had a big impact on me and and um i'm consider her one of the best singers in history um mexican and mexican-american because she did something that very few mexican or mexican-american singers could do and that was crossed over from one to the other she lived in both, you know, she was famous in Mexico and she was famous here in the United States. And I mean, there's still her legacy still living on even right now. There's, you know, TV show that just came out about a year ago. And, um, you know, people still listen to her music. So uh, that's why I picked Celine. Good one. Better make a job. Directed by who? So I can seg into Mike. <laughs> Great. What was that, Susan? Oh, so she had a makeup line, too. That's right, and cl clothing and everything. She she did it all. Did it all. She had, boutique. She had her own boutique on Broadway there for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to go really fast. Uh, but Belinda's Commodore sixty four is in working. Yeah, <laughs> Commodore sixty four. Hey, don't show your age. Or <laughs> I IBM computer like put in punch cards. They yeah. were the same when Lionel left the band. <laughs> if an abacus is part of your computer, you need an upgrade. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> the hamsters right. aren't running fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mike, I guess go ahead and get started because we're going to need yeah. it all the time. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm, I'm just going to skim right through it then because I'm worried we're going to run out. So, segueing in from what uh, Jose was talking about, another Gregory Nava film uh, came out in 1995, two years before the 1997 Selena film, uh, was called Mi Familia or My Family. Um, 
it was a very enjoyable film for me. I haven't seen it since. I actually remember going to see it at the theaters, and uh, my memory's not what it used to be. So I'm trying to remember exactly. You know, I, I just remember bits and pieces, but I do remember it being a very uh, enjoyable, touching film. It has drama. It has humor. Um, I guess a good indicator for me that uh, barometer for films was my uh, my significant other at the time, uh, blonde-haired, blue-eyed German girl from Germany. She was <laughs> the film. And when I say from Germany, I mean born and raised in Germany. And she's she's a harsher critic than Cisco Niebert. <laughs> she didn't like a film, she told you. But she enjoyed this film. And I remember while we were in the theater watching it, thinking this film is too Mexican for her. But no, she actually really, I can I could tell at the end of the movie that she enjoyed it. It's a, it's a, a film about... Uh, Three generations of a Mexican family. The father, the patriarch of the family, uh, migrates from Mexico. They settle in East Los Angeles. Uh, different parts of the stories, the family goes in different directions. Some of them, like like real life, some do better than others. Some hit the streets and some go off to get an education or make a, a good life for themselves. And there's a, there's a lot in this film that... Uh, that I can relate to on both sides. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it it enjoyed moderate success. Uh, had a $3.8 million budget, brought in about $11 million at the box office. So fairly respectable. Had a few, uh, a few awards. Uh, I didn't even mention who was in the film. Edward James almost. Jimmy Smith and Isai Morales were the stars of the film. Really good Jennifer film. Jennifer Lopez is in it too. I was going to uh, say, what about the women in that movie? <laughs> yeah, Jennifer Lopez. He, uh, Gregory Nava uses a lot of the same actors from, yeah. from that movie and Selena later. Yeah. Constance Marie. Well, I'm just going off of the movie poster, Belinda. Sorry. <laughs> 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 I'm, reading this, I'm reading off the movie poster. Yeah. Right. The three uh, men that are in the front of the poster. El Pedia, Carillo, uh, what is it? Let me find that. Constance Marie. There you go. There's a couple other women there. Uh, oh, good film. Really enjoyable film. If you've never seen it, it's, yeah, it's a 1995, it's a 26-year-old film, but it's, a, 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 you know, it, it makes mention of uh, part of the storyline is one of the characters, Jimmy. Goes off to San Antonio and secures a good job in San Antonio. The, um, it concludes with the, the the patriarch, matriarch of the family being empty nesters and saying how God has been good to us. We've been very lucky and our life has been very, very good. So it, it's a story about people coming to this country from Mexico mm -hmm. and making a, a good life for themselves and their family. Sure, there's some stuff in there that that's kind of kind of goes down a, a, a dark storyline, but overall, it's a very enjoyable film. I I recommend it highly. I got a question. Uh, I think there was a TV show on PBS that was based, was it, was it called La Familia that was based on the same movie? I haven't seen the movie, but... It's, it's uh, not based it's, on the same movie, but it's kind of similar to it. 
and have Raquel Welch in there and some other. I remember Raquel Welch being the matriarch of family, and I think Edward James almost was in it too. I'm not sure, but uh, but I remember it was a pretty good show. Uh, I couldn't watch it regular. I'm, you know how I'm about TV shows, but when I, the episodes that I did see, I really enjoyed it. It sounded like the same name, so I was wondering if it was the same family or same storyline. And I, it was. I don't remember a, was, really... was it a series or a movie or what? what it was, yeah, it was kind of like a. It was on PBS and it was, um, I think Gregory Nava was attached to it somehow. I don't know if he was like a producer or what, Yeah. but it would last maybe a couple of seasons and, yeah, and yeah. that was it. But, but yeah, I remember Raquel family? Welch was in it. Was it American Family? It, it mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Huh. But I'll need to see the movie though. That sounds like a good movie. And I think Francis Ford Coppola was attached to that, that American, um, uh, Mi Familia American somehow. Family? Yeah, he was like a producer or something. Uh, no, the, the movie, the Mi Familia movie. Oh, okay. It was, you know, because he's he did The Godfather, which tells the story of an immigrant, you know, coming to America. So it's kind of sort of the same Mi Familia. You got these, this immigrant family and, you know, they're assimilating into America, but they're trying tied to their culture. And so I'm, I'm guessing that's why he was attached to it, maybe. What I liked about the film is it, is it covers three generations and they're, and they're different has in life and it's, it's, it's a really good enjoyable film I, I mm-hmm. very good after, not seeing it after all these years i still remember <clears throat> it good film i don't think i ever saw the whole thing i saw bits and parts of it um but i'm, I'm gonna have to check that one out at some point um <laughs> Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do mine. Um, I had two, and I picked two because I didn't know what you guys were gonna pick. Um, but really, none of y'all really even went <laughs> kind of this. Um, I don't know what to call it, like a genre. <laughs> um, it's a more historical. Um, so I picked uh, I picked two things. Uh, I saw uh, this film quite a few years ago um, called The Bronze Screen. It's more of a documentary. Um, the Bronze Screen, 100 Years of the Latino Image in Hollywood. And I mean, it just went through like every Latino image that, you know, that you probably would have seen at some point on film. Um, you know, from the start of, of cinema. So they, they go through people like Carmen Miranda and Rita Hayworth. Something like that. Yeah, it works. (laughs) All right. I had gotten a couple of those when we had, um, school the first. Yeah. But how do I know when it's fully charged? I don't see anything indicated. You should have gotten uh, one of these. Uh, hold on. They don't like to. You should have gotten one of these to go with it. Uh, yeah, I've got a bunch of those, and I got a drawer full. That's of those. that's what you do. You um you plug the little one into the charger, and then the USB into your computer to charge it. Okay. You guys are sound like boomers now. Like, I know. <laughs> how does this thing work? The thingamajiggy <laughs> into the watch, call it. I prefer my Commodore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Okay, we're, we're back in business. It's, it's uh, everything's working now, so. And you are next. Yeah, well, I was going, but I forgot where I left off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay. uh, I think wow. I, was, I was talking about the bronze screen, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so um, it is uh, more of a documentary uh, type thing. Um, but uh, it really like kind of opened my eyes as to like, wow, we, you know, we've been around for quite a while for us not to be, uh, you know, represented in film uh, more than we are at this point. Um, and, uh, and there was a lot of, you know, kind of whitewashing stuff and uh, people, you know, changing names and whatnot to make it more palatable, you know, so. Um, anyway, yeah, I just, I think I just roll my eyes. Well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, that, that, uh, that documentary, like, was very, um, very enlightening as, as far as, like, just seeing the history of, uh, you know, the image uh, of Latinos in, in Hollywood. So mm -hmm. um, if y'all have never seen it, that's a good, um, a good one to watch. Um, the, other one that I had picked, which is kind of similar because it's uh, a lot of historical knowledge, uh, very entertainingly put together is, uh, um, <coughs> what is it called? Uh, bless you. Bless you. Um, John Leguizamo's, uh, oh, Latin history for morons. It's mm, a good so, one. Very, very, you know, you learn a lot. <laughs> and for people who you know don't understand uh, you know why chicanos and latinx and hispanic people you know um you know protest a lot of the things we do it's like uh, watch this movie film uh, uh watch this movie please you know it's it's uh it's very educational um but it's done in a way where uh you know, it's, it's entertainment and it's, it's entertaining. And he's very, he's very funny. Obviously, you know, he, I don't know if you guys have ever seen John Leguizamo doing his kind of comedy stuff, but uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's really good. Um, so that was Latin history for morons. Yeah. That one was on, on Netflix. I think it might still be on there. It, it could be. Yeah. I think originally was it an HBO? I think it was on HBO originally. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. But uh, but yeah, I think it was on Netflix as well. So you could probably catch it there. Um, I don't know where to find the other one, um, because like I said, I saw it quite a while back, the documentary. I'm sure it's somewhere. Um, you just got to kind of search for it. So those are my two picks. Oh, we got some good ones here. Yeah. Yeah. What now? I said Belinda gets two. I, I, got I know to put that in there, yeah. Because <laughs> I and my other one. What? <laughs> hey, we need to hurry up. I don't have a lot of. We don't have a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> didn't didn't take me but maybe thirty seconds to do. Okay. What? <laughs> <Is> that it? <laughs> what? Oh, I did have a quick question about John Leguizamo. Is he Colombian or is he from Mexico? Where's he? Where's his heritage? He's Puerto Rican. Puerto yeah, Rican. I, okay. Yeah, I think he's Puerto Rican. Okay, I wasn't sure, but okay. Um, yeah, um, yeah. So 
that's it for the for the film, guys. Uh, <laughs> I guess we're we're ready to tackle some music now. Go back around to the top, Victor. <laughs> we can go back around. We yeah. can go backwards. We can mix it up. Whatever y'all want. Round and round. Uh, Susan wants me to mix oh. it up. <laughs> the executive producer said, "Mix it up." <laughs> Sergeant at arms. <laughs> Sergeant at arms. Enforcer. <laughs> okay, Victor looks like he's ready to go. Go ahead, Victor. I am, but if, if it, oh, I don't want to steal. No, anybody. go. Okay. Go for it. Okay, this this song is actually very special to me because it was my mom's favorite song. I'm already getting emotional because my mom's not with us anymore. And whenever she wanted to hear mariachi, she always requested the song. And I could always tell how good the mariachis were. Because, oh, no, we don't know that song. Uh, because it's a difficult song to sing. But uh, y'all may be familiar with Malagueña Salerosa. Mm. Uh, it's an old song. But even when I watched the videos on YouTube, I, I started, getting, started getting teary. Because, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I miss my mom. And... Uh, this brought back a lot of memories. Um, so I'll give you, so, so I won't start crying now. <laughs> I'll start giving you some details about it. Uh, it was written uh, according to, I guess, legal. It was written by Elpidio Ramirez and Pedro Galindo, although, and it was published in 1947. Although there is some controversy. Some people said it was more like a, what do you call a, public domain kind of song because it's older than that but these guys kind of just said well we'll we'll take credit for it mm -hmm. uh so there's a little controversy about with some people about who actually wrote the song um uh this is considered by many to have been written anonymously long before they accepted you know the publishing rights for it okay uh but it's it's been covered by many 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 artists uh of all kinds rock artists uh you know obviously mariachis uh, soloists singers uh but the key part is that there's a there's an element to the song that where you have to hit a very high note and hold it for mm -hmm. a very long time obviously i won't play it here because i've been told about not playing music on <laughs> but i'll probably put it on our facebook page so that'll give you all incentive to check out our facebook page um uh so uh, the mariachi vargas did a version of it and i i was watching it like i said i i got emotional uh, it's a beautiful song. It's a, basically a song about a, a, a man who does, doesn't have a lot of money, you know, not a well-to-do guy, but he's in love with a, a well-off woman, a beautiful woman, and he just sings this like a serenade to her about he wishes he could be her, her guy, you know. Uh, but it's, a, it's just a great, great song that I have lots of very, it's, it's a personal thing for me. So, uh, I look forward to posting it on the Facebook page and hope you all enjoy it as much as I do. Can you repeat the title one more time, please? Um, Malagueña Salerosa. Uh, and it's, it's about a guy who's, I guess, from Malaga. It's it's from Spain. I think it's originated in Spain. Uh, and he's singing, she is the rose of Malaga. Of, of Malaga. You know, he's, the song is just a, a, uh, an etude to her. <laughs> There's a there's a group that Robert Rodriguez. I don't know if you guys know that the director that he has like a like he plays a guitar and yeah he formed a group called I don't know I can say this because it's in Spanish it's a bad word but Chingon 
And they yeah. did a they did a version of Malagueña Salerosa for for one of the movies that he did. It's in the, their soundtrack. But if you guys look it up, it's more of like a rock kind of version of the song. It's in uh, yeah. it's in uh, Kill Bill. I think this so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I said I, I saw many many versions, but I was focusing on the mariachi version because mm-hmm. again, and I remember. I, here I go again. I shouldn't be selling this. <laughs> you make me cry, man. Um, <laughs> I'm going to sing it for you right now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I better not because that's where I'm, I, I'm trying to like. Next. We'll move on and we'll let him uh, compose himself. Uh, Jose, you want to go next? Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to sing the song for y'all. Ooh. Yeah. I'm going to perform it or part of it. Wait, do you have the legal rights to do so, sir? That's the thing, man. It's a, it's, but it, it's it is like a, a <laughs> it is a traditional song, uh, but so I don't know, but a lot of people have covered it. So I don't know if, if we're getting into like legal realm or I, I think you're probably okay. You're not going to sing the entire song, are you? No. And I don't even know the lyrics that good. So I kind of make them up as I go along. <laughs> well, that, I've heard that if you spoof a song, you don't have to worry about any of that. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Then then maybe the lyrics, you're maybe that'll work. Maybe that'll work. All right. So let me <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. Right. Y'all can hear this. Can y'all hear this? Yes. You hear that? Dang it, I forgot it. <laughs> Everybody. She was running a puke or something like. <laughs> <laughs> she, was, she was running to get her. She was. She was running to get her earplugs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's usually what happens when I sing. Yeah. Oh my god! It clears out the room. Clears out the room. I see those paws on. The- <laughs> <laughs> Whoever's gonna follow me has a tough act to follow. So you know I'm glad I went first. Yeah, I don't know if I could carry that tune. This, well, I don't have a voice, as y'all can tell. I can write music, I can perform it, but I can't sing it. So I'm not a singer. My Malaganya high pitched, you know. <laughs> I don't 
think you'll ever get me to sing on this show. After a couple of drinks, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, the there you go. There you go. That's what we need. <laughs> <laughs> you know the lyrics to that tequila song? <laughs> so you gotta know. I'll do the uh, the, the Pee Wee Herman. There you go. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, so La Bamba is mine. Um, it's an old Mexican folk song from Veracruz. Uh, some people claim that it's been around for centuries. Um, there's some people that claim that they know who it is that originally wrote it, but. That's just, you know, who knows, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But of course, it's uh, it's famous because of the 1958 version that Richie Valens did. So that's that's another reason why I picked it. So, because it has like different means, you know, it's uh, Chicano, you know, he's probably one of the first, I think, Mexican-Americans to ever have a, a top 40 hit. Um, the guy was like Chicano because he was Mexican. His parents were from Mexico, but he didn't even barely spoke any Spanish so they had to like phonetically I guess or sort of like teach him how to say the words when he when he did the song because he didn't even he didn't really know how to pronounce a lot of the words which is kind of weird he was only 17 years old too yeah he was only 17 when he passed away so I mean he was I think that I was reading it I was surprised but his career only lasted like about eight months wow it was oh, only wow. he recorded two albums the, that's short yeah, only within like about a eight month period, he recorded two albums and then then he passed away. And I oh. think, um, yeah, and, and I think the movie too had a big impact too on me and and the song and everything. It's just the the movie that when I saw it as a as a young kid had a big impact on me. The the music, the 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 meaning of the movie, you know, had Los Lobos doing the remake of his song, which is another big band that I love a lot. Their um, version is the one in the movie. Their their version. Yes, exactly. And, um, you know, seeing Mexican-Americans on the screen when I was a kid, I didn't see that, you know, other than Ricardo Montalban and or he's not even really Mexican-American, but, you know, brown people in movies and positive roles. So I thought you said round. 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 Oh, yeah, some of them are kind of, <laughs> some of them are kind of round. The, the ones that eat a lot of, a lot of tacos, yeah, a lot of migas. <laughs> I'm brown, baby. Woo! There you go. And it was one of the first songs, um, Latino crossover hits. One of the first Latino and and songs in Spanish too, because you know it's not not common that a span a song in Spanish becomes a big hit. So that's it. Good one. Yeah, good choice. I like that. Hey, let's see. Uh, I guess I'll go. I'll let Susan go after that. Um, Are you going to sing it? No, I'm not going to sing it. (laughs) (laughs) Not this one, no. Um, No, this one is... uh, I I, I associate it, just like Victor, I associate it with with my mom because uh, this is her favorite um artist her favorite singer <laughs> in the world um and uh you know that they, they they based a movie off of it um it's totally mexicana you know it's a it's a, a song by vicente fernandez uh, well at least he sings it um and it's la ley del monte 
Ooh. Yeah. And so every time I hear it, it's like, I remember the scenes in the movie. I remember, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think about my mom and, uh, and uh, yeah, that, that's, you know, he's El Rey. He's, uh, he is Mexican mariachi music, you know, ranchera music. So uh, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's my uh, pick. <laughs> That, that one has a sentimental value for me too my dad oh, yeah. and when i saw the movie as a kid and whenever oh. i had song too and, it, and i get choked up mm. <laughs> i get i get choked up every time i hear that song especially at the beginning the little notes in the beginning it's like mm. uh -huh. as soon as you hear as yeah. soon as i hear it give me the tequila man. I'm, <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah now, it, it's not my song pick but the song that does it for me uh, like Victor and and then the song you're mentioning right now is like Amor Eterno. Oh man, that one. Yeah, too. that's another one. Yeah, strikes an emotional chord in me. My my dad turned me on to that song 20 years ago. He had a little cassette. We were driving to Mexico City, and he played that cassette over and over and over for that. And and all of her songs kind of just grew on me while we're on that road trip. But that one. Sorry, my song. There we go. Yeah. My, sorry, my I, song, sorry. My song cut into the time. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's just that we started talking about other stuff and then. That's how much time we have. Okay, let's see. I think. But then I picked two movies instead of one. So. Oh my God. <laughs> all, all my fault. <laughs> I kind of feel like I already cheated bringing up uh, Amor Eterno. <laughs> there you go. See? I, just, I just mentioned that one because you guys are talking about, you know, songs strike an emotional chord and that, that just came to mind. Yeah. But, uh, uh, Rocio de Carlos version is my favorite. I know Juan Gabriel wrote the song and uh, mm -hmm. I like his version as well or better. I don't know. I like her. I like her, her version. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, that one makes me tear up too. If mm -hmm. I really listen to like, if I'm just hearing it in the background, it's no big deal. But if I like actually take take time and listen to it and like internalize it, it's like oh, devastating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, good songs. Uh, Susan, you're next. No, let Michael. Oh, okay, my. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, take. To take a cue from Belinda, I'm not sticking to one. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I am leading up to one performer. Had a couple of big hits, Latino. He's the one that, growing up, I was impressed with him because, wow, he made it to the national stage of uh, a South Texas guy. But before I get to him, there's I feel like there's a whole buildup to that. So I hope you don't mind me. Uh, and I'll try to make it quick, but there's a lot there. Uh, back in the 60s and 70s, there was, I don't know if genre is the right word, or musical movement here in San Antonio, South Texas, of uh, a lot of uh, Latino artists, local, uh, some from other parts of Texas or, or California, but they had that that doo-wop kind of sound. Uh, uh, some people refer to it as a 
the San Antonio sound, the South Center. I forget how they go. The, the West Side Horns. Uh, mm -hmm. I grew up with that because my dad was not a musician. He was not a song. He was not a singer, but he was a songwriter. And I think that's why I get my writing from, obviously. But I don't write songs. I write film shorts and movie scripts and what have you. Used to write poems and stuff, but uh, I digress. He, so he was uh, he was always writing for these uh, recording artists that were from this region. Uh, there is a recording studio, I think they're still there. I, I Googled them on South Florida Street called Sunglow Records. If anybody mm. is from, I remember. Sunny and the, sunny and the Sun Glows, Sunny and the mm -hmm. Sunlight. Um, and I always thought that Teardrop Records was a local record company too. Now they do have a local uh, connection. When I started going through their story on Wikipedia, it, it, they were actually, that teardrop was formed in uh, Winnie, Texas, which is right outside of Houston by a Cajun DJ. Uh, let me just get my notes because I already forget forget his name. Uh, Huey P. Mule, Mew, M-E-A-U-X. He was known as a crazy Cajun. so. He was a DJ probably in the Houston area or Louisiana area. He founded Teardrop Records, moved his operations to Conroe again in the Houston area. Later on, he bought a TNT Records pressing plant in San Antonio. So that's probably why I thought Teardrop was from San Antonio. Because I, I remember my dad going to that uh, uh, recording studio, going with him as a kid. Uh, and meeting these uh, these local uh, recording artists, um, Sonny and the Sunliners, Joe Bravo, uh, Carlos Miranda. Maybe you know, maybe you, you remember these guys. Henry mm -hmm. Zimmerle. My dad wrote a whole album for Henry Zimmerle. He even had his picture on the back of one of his albums, and they did a little biography. Sent uh, songwriter. Some of the other notables, Jimmy Edward. This is 60s and 70s. I don't know. I don't know if this means about any of you guys, but uh, so I grew up around around that. One of one of the songs that I really liked was Joe Bravo's "It's All Right," but that's again, that's not the song I'm leading up to. <laughs> uh, Teardrop Records. One of their biggest hits was "Talk to Me" by Sunny and the Sun Glows. It, it made it mm -hmm. in four to the Billboard Top 100. Uh, but in the 70s, this is now I'm getting to to the to what the guy I'm really is uh from San Benito, Texas. <laughs> None other than Freddie Fender. I remember seeing Freddie Fender. I, I don't remember if it was He Hall or Grand Ole Opry, but I remember being impressed as a kid, like that's a Latino hanging <laughs> on He Haw singing uh before the next teardrop falls. He made it to the national stage. Um, he recorded on Teardrop Records, which had the local San Antonio connection, but he may have done the the recordings in the Houston area. Um, but yeah, that to me, Freddie Fender was the guy that that was kind of that trailblazer for a lot of a uh, Hispanic uh, recording artists like Emilio. Emilio made it. Nashville tried to go a little country there for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got that uh he's got that San Antonio connection. There's a uh, Danny and the Tejanos, which is a, 
a, a good friend, uh, Danny Martinez. That was his group in a sense. Same, same uh, fell into that same canary of Tejano recorders, recording artists. He used to work at Alamo Music his, pretty much his whole life. His sons are all musicians. His son, Mark, actually toured with, as a young guy, as a 20-year-old, he went out on tour with Emilio for years. Now, Emilio's kids are have, have carried on the legacy of the father. They're actually back. They were actually backing up Sting there for a while. I don't know if they're still I doing that. I promoted them recently. They were at uh, Flourish Country Store recently. Yeah. They're, I've been posting videos. They're they're good. Those the lyrics. Mm-hmm. The Las yes. Yeah, something like that. That's what they go by. <laughs> Las Bandoleros? They go by the, the last bandoleros. Oh, the last bandoleros. Yeah. I got to get it right. Sorry about that, guys. But uh, yeah, so Teardrop Records, Sunglow Records, San Antonio Connection, uh, that whole movement in the 60s and 70s. They Some of those bands, I mean, even like Augie Myers and Doug Som, Sir Douglas Quintet. I know they're not, a, a, he's not Latino, but they were all part of that that movement back in the day. But to me, the guy that made it to the top back in the 70s and was uh, Freddie Fender before the next teardrop falls. And he also had another song called Wasted Days and Wasted Nights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's my pick. But I kind of touched on a lot of other stuff too. So I re- that that I brings broke, back a lot of memories. Yeah, I remember that. That, that broke the rule. But I, I just, I was looking for something with a, with a little bit. <laughs> And uh, just to mention the the Texas Tornadoes, which he was part of until he passed away. Mm-hmm. Really good band. That's an all star band right there. That was yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the song, the Nick, when the next teardrop falls, it has English and Spanish lyrics. Which yeah. You think about it, you know. I'm yeah. I'm singing impressive. it in my head right now. <laughs> oh come on, Jose sang. You can sing. No. <laughs> uh, Oh, wait, I want to clear wait, out the room say, again. Grab your guitar. We'll we'll do a duo here. <laughs> like, why is everybody on mute? <laughs> everybody turn off their. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, no, the only one on mute, I think, is is you. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, me. I <laughs> they put me on mute. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow. So yeah. I guess uh, I guess Mike, you and I both have kind of some ties to uh, to music, uh, you know, Latino music here in uh, in San Antonio. You with your dad. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't think I've ever told you guys this, but my uh, my godfather, my my like baptismal godfather, uh, was Luis Silva. Um, he was a songwriter. Um, I don't know if you guys have if if you guys have been watching. Uh, the new Selena movie or program, whatever on Netflix. Um, his they they have a, a guy playing playing him in there when um, when um, um, oh my gosh when I can, for the life of me I can't remember his name Selena's brother um, goes Baby. thank you yeah when he goes to uh, his dad uh, sends him off to go ask. Uh, Louis Silva for a song and uh it's like his first time you know like out like trying to you know do something in the business or whatever and he's asking him for a song and he promises him one 
but later he like doesn't fulfill it because he has another client that he has to like work on or whatever um but uh but yeah he was also like a a big name here in san antonio anybody who really knows um you know music san antonio based you know latino music his name comes up all the time he he's passed away since but uh but yeah so that's kind of cool i very interesting all right uh susan you're next Okay, so you guys are too exciting here stuff. <laughs> well, I this was hard, okay, because I went from something recently, or you know, and I couldn't think of anything, and then I thought about my parents. Same thing, you know. We have they have a lot of old records and all that, and. I don't know where they are. I got to dig them up, though. But you mentioned already a couple of the artists. And one of them was, well, Mike just mentioned him. My dad would always sing the Wasted Days, Wasted Nights. And, <laughs> you know, he just do that. Even because he liked it, you know. Everybody in San Antonio knew that song. Mm-hmm. No, but my dad sang it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Knew, knew it, but now I mean, and now I think about it, I miss him even saying that now he doesn't do it anymore. So you know, um, but how do I say? I've been exposed to I guess the older singers, but I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna be honest, I don't know names of songs that you know that they were. I don't know how to say that. Vicente, that was another one favorite in our house, you know. But I couldn't tell you a specific name of a song. Now, if I heard the song, I could say, hey, yes, that's it, you know. That's my, <laughs> that's the problem, <laughs> you know. Since I was little hearing these songs, you know, these artists. And that I know there's many of them. I know one that my mom really loves, or, you know, I actually bought tickets for them to go see them. He passed away in 2016, I think. One, um, one. Gabby. Uh, my Spanish is horrible. Juan Gabriel. <laughs> yes. Gabriel. Yeah. Juan Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I wish I could have gotten great, better seats, you know, but they got to see him one last time before he passed away. And my, yeah. I, like I said, I couldn't tell you what songs with their favorites. I could, if I hear it, I can say, okay, that was it. You know, I never got the song names since I was. Well, I heard the songs, but I, I, I was young. You know, when I heard these artists. That happens to me a lot, especially with like really old regional music. It's like I know those songs, I know part of the lyrics, I know you know whatever. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Press me to like tell you who sang it or what was the name or you know it's like uh, I don't know you know I have to ask my mom. <laughs> yeah, I would have to ask her. Yeah, but you know what I was doing this morning calling my dad in Mexico. <laughs> 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 my 
I, I was at my mom's last night. I was doing the same thing with her. She goes, I don't remember. Oh my my God. Dad remembered more because he was actually there. He, he actually wrote. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you some of the old stuff either. I, Classic Mike waiting till the last 20 minutes before the show to get his information. <laughs> Actually, I, I got up at eight o'clock this morning. I put two hours into today. <laughs> I started doing last night, but I was tired. That makes this a passion project for Mike. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> two hours. Well, I, when I saw the subject matter, I go, that one looks a little bit challenging. You better divorce devote more than <laughs> you better actually get on the ball here oh. so it's going back and forth so you know like you guys had a favorite thing go and my music has been lost i don't know i don't i don't listen to it as much as music i used to it's sad you know yeah. want to listen all day um so that you know i had those in the background and i'm just mentioning i guess a new well not even new because they don't sing in, uh santana you know i used to you know you know you hear the, the one that comes to mind well i don't know you know the one that always play at quinceaneras you know Europa. Europa. Yes. Well, <laughs> I always wanted to play it, you know. I never got to learn it on the guitar. So. Never learned the lyrics either. Never wrote it. They never wrote any words to that song. <laughs> never got around to it. So but. that's interesting. I wonder how he came up with the title, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I never met him. On more than one oh, occasion, yeah? I've worked his shows, been backstage with him, and that would have been a good question to ask. Yeah, mm -hmm. so how did you come up with that title? That song? They recorded an album, I guess, about three years ago. Some of the original members they got back together because they only did three albums. I think it was Santana one, two, and three, mm -hmm. and then after that he went solo. Like, yeah. was, even though it wasn't technically like the band Santana anymore, it was just him. But about three years ago, they recorded a I think it was a Santana Four, and he brought back Neil. Was it Neil Sean, the guy from Journey that used to be in the band with them, and yeah. a bunch of other guys got together and pretty oh. good, pretty good stuff. You're talking about like the original Woodstock lineup. Yeah, yeah, he brought back the lineup from back then. Oh, wow. Because they're all in. We they brought, they had to wheel them all in. Realize. <laughs> 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 oh my god terrible <laughs> gotta give him a shot of a b12 and geritol real quick <laughs> <laughs> uh, well that that's the that's the one artist i thought everybody was gonna mention either that or selena but uh yeah that's, that's... well i tried not to pick the obvious one yeah reason i said i'm gonna pick this guy and then if i don't go first somebody's gonna beat me to <laughs> <laughs> See, that's that's what I knew that, that those would be the obvious ones. But I also had Linda Ronstan. Yes. Mm -hmm. I thought about her too. Canciones de mi padre. I actually saw her on tour with that with that album. I took my mom to that too. <laughs> and she did sing Maligena Sara Rosa. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Don't bias. Yeah. 
don't buy it. Ricky, Ricky I don't Martin. Nobody's mentioned Shakira. <laughs> Ricky Martin. Yeah. Martin. Martin. Yeah. I couldn't, you know. So it would have been all young, you know. And... Hmm. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, good list. Good list. Good list of music. All right. Well, uh, that those are our uh, music choices. And uh, I think we had one more thing we were going to do. Uh, um, miscellaneous. Miscellaneous. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, hmm. Why don't we go ahead and just give our miscellaneous? Who's first? Me again? <laughs> if you want to go first, if not. Yeah, I got one. Uh, it's funny because I thought we were just doing music and movies. And then it's, yesterday we said, Miss Lane is like, ooh, I need to come up with somebody. And I was like, okay, I did. I found somebody. I, uh, Lee Trevino, professional golfer. Mm-hmm. Uh, born in Garland, Texas in 1939. He's currently 81 years old, living in Florida. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's still, he's still, I, I hadn't seen him in a long time. I had yeah. to see him. He's still with us. Yes, he is. I know his daughter had also been playing golf, uh, but uh, but yeah, I hadn't heard him mention in quite a while. Winner of six major uh, golfing titles. He has his very, uh, he was a Marine. Uh, he, it's interesting because uh, as a kid, you know, he would sneak onto golf courses to play because his dad gave him some golf balls and he just started hitting him and he really took to the sport and started enjoying it. I was really enjoying reading his bio because there was a lot of interesting things about him and his, his history with the PGA and all that. Uh, and that uh, after he got out of the Marines, he came on, he started working at a, at a golf course as a professional and uh, he would, he would uh, make side bets and hustle money from the other people. Cause uh, I, I don't know if it's cause he was Hispanic and they didn't think he was that good, but he would, he would make money. Uh, winning bets with people on on the golf course but eventually he qualified for the pga and started winning and uh he has an interesting history with the masters he won six titles he won two pgas two u.s opens and two british opens he never won a masters but he 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 didn't like the masters because as you know especially back then the masters was very exclusive and he did, he played the course once and he said, I, I don't want to play there anymore. It's just, I didn't like the way it felt. He said, uh, normally they wouldn't let me any, somebody like me in there unless I was coming through the kitchen. Um, and so he kind of stayed away from the masters. Uh, now, eventually he did play the masters and he ended up coming in 10th. Um, but you know, and it, and it, they, they've gotten better. But I know that they, for a long time, the masters, the 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 people who run the masters, I can't remember the name of the the golf course, but they were very exclusive. Um, so he had an interesting history with that organization. But uh, he's a very uh, accomplished golfer. You know, he's in a PGA Hall of Fame. Uh, he's quite accomplished. And of course he's being Latino is I remember, and this kind of goes back to my, I was talking about my mom with the song. My dad was a huge fan of Lee Trevino. He would watch golf every weekend to see Lee Trevino. My dad, he, my dad never picked up a golf club a day in his life, but he would <laughs> always watch Lee Trevino, you know? And it's funny because as a kid, I was like, why does he like this guy so much? He's a good golfer. Yeah. But they know Jack Nicholas is a good golfer. What, what, you know, and I, I, oh, there's a Latino connection, of course, you know. So 
uh, my dad would never say like, like do a grito or anything whenever he sank a birdie or anything like that. <laughs> but uh, my dad was a big, big, big fan of Lee Trevino. And that's how I got exposed to him. So in a way it makes a connection like I did with my mom. That, that was, he's my connection to my dad. Not as emotional, but, uh, but it was pretty cool watching Lee Trevino and watching my dad watching Lee Trevino. <laughs> <laughs> so he's my miscellaneous choice. Cool. Very cool. My, my dad was kind of like the same with uh, Fernando Valenzuela, the, the oh yeah, the pitcher of LA. I didn't understand. I was like, my dad's never, he was never a sports guy. And he like, all of a sudden he started watching baseball. I'm like, why is he watching baseball? He never watches baseball. And then I realized it was because of him. The LA Dodgers. Pay for the missions too. He, he pitched here at BJ Keith Field, I believe. Mm -hmm. before the, the missions. Uh, he, he, the, the missions were the, the farm club, the minor league club for the Dodgers. Mm -hmm. Whenever somebody got injured or needed to rehab a little bit, they sent them back down to the minors. And I think that's how he ended up here. I think it was all, if I'm not mistaken, he may have started with the missions, but I think he was already with the Dodgers and he came, came to San Antonio for. I think, I think he started here. I think Did he start here. I think so. And then he went up to LA and became, and he blew up. They, yeah. yeah. But he's from Mexico. He's from, yeah, from Mexico. Because mm -hmm. I remember when he was here, I already knew who he was. Like he had already made a name for himself before he was here. Mm -hmm. so I, I, he I, some rehab time. I don't, I don't know. I'd have to look that up. But yeah. I definitely remember him being, being, him being down here and him, it being a big deal when he was mm -hmm. here. Like, mm -hmm. That tells me that he was already in the national spotlight as a major leaguer for whatever reason he got sent down here. I, I, I could be wrong, but that's the way I remember it. And then I, remember, I remember my dad being like a big, big fan of his. And I was like, what, what's the deal? And I mean, but he looked like my dad, you know, my, he had that kind of like, he looked like he just came out of the jungles of Chiapas or something, man. It's just like, you know, Apocalypto. Like this, he's in a L.A. Dodgers uniform, and and then he took a, he took him. He won a championship. They won a yeah a World Series. Yeah, with him. Yeah, knuckleballer. And you always used to look up to the heavens. Yeah, I always look up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Fernando Valenzuela. Remember that. Well, that wasn't mine, by the way. But I wanted to mention that because since Victor were mentioned. Yeah, yeah, it's the same thing with Freddie Fender. I remember my dad like turning on the TV and look, a, a Latino from South Texas is on the national mm -hmm. stage. I don't remember what show it was. I think it was Yeehaw. Mm -hmm. Could have been John Little Opry, but it was it was a proud moment for my dad that mm -hmm. that I had made mm -hmm. it on national TV. Yeah. I think it was during that time with that Chicano movement and everything, right? 60s and 70s. That's when you start seeing a lot of these artists like Santana and Freddie Fender and, you know, people making it, making it pretty big. Yep. In Rose. Feliciano. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ah, yeah. Very good. Mm -hmm. So was that, was that your, that was your pick, Jose? Mm-mm. No, oh, 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 okay. I thought you just, I thought that was your pick. I wasn't sure. No, only because Victor was talking about Lee Trevino. Maybe, and, uh, maybe and think it, about Fernando yeah. Valenzuela, you know, and just think about that. <laughs> um, I'll go ahead and go do my two since I'm already flapping my gums. Um, 
So one of them is, is going to be Gus Garcia. And they're both kind of like San Antonio connected. If you guys don't know who he is, he was an attorney here in, in San Antonio. Um, have you all ever heard of him? I've heard of his middle school. So he, there is a middle school name for him, but he's very underrated. And the reason why is because he was an attorney here in San Antonio, spoke perfect English, perfect Spanish. Um, I, I don't. I think he was born here. I'm not. I'm not really sure on his backstory, but um, he, in in the 1950s, he fought the first case in the Supreme Court where a Mexican American was involved, and Mexican Americans lawyers fought the case. It was him and another one too. I forget the other guy's name too, but. They spoke in front of the Supreme Court, and that case was called Hernandez versus Texas, had a major impact on Mexican Americans. And a lot of people don't know this, but because of that case, it gave more uh, equality to Mexican Americans. And so, a lot of things like like the segregation and stuff that was going on at the time, uh, not just with black people, but with Mexicans too, that case pretty much did away with it. And it also kind of categorized Mexican Americans as white. Like, I don't know if y'all noticed, like when, whenever you go to fill out an application or on the census, Hispanics are always kind of categorized under white. And it's because of that, that Supreme Court case. Um, I'm not going to get into like all the details about it, but it, it does mention, you know, that Mexicans are a class of white, but they're white, but they're a certain class apart from being white. So ethnicity is Hispanic. Yeah. There you go. Their ethnicity is, is Hispanic. So that's one of the reasons why. But uh, his story is kind of sad, too, because he was an alcoholic. And he ended up dying from that. And he died from, from liver damage, um, poor, um, by himself, pretty much, you know, and a lot of people didn't know about, about him. And, and when he died, it wasn't like a really big deal, but, but he's in the history books. And, and I kind of think sometimes like it would make like a really great movie if, if they ever did something on his life, because he, what he did was a, had a really big impact on Mexican Americans. And the second one is Henry B. Gonzalez, who was one of the first, a lot of people don't know why the, the, the convention center here is named after him, but he was, if I'm not mistaken, the first Mexican-American that was in the House of Representatives that made it to the to the federal you know, government. And at the time, I guess he was one of the highest ranking federal government uh, officials. And he also helped break up a lot of segregation here in Texas. Um, you know, people, we live today in this time right now where, where we're free to go wherever we want, but there was a time where, you know, Mexican-Americans couldn't go to certain places and they were discriminated against and you know people they were you know i remember my mom telling me in school that when she was going to school that she get in trouble for speaking spanish you know she would get uh you know hit and yeah. by the teachers yeah and they would they would you know in the hallways they would yell at them for speaking spanish and you know it was it's a different time you know and so when you think about the context of, of how things were and, and henry b gonzalez making it to that position you know, it's it's a it's a big deal. And again, he's very underrated. A lot of people don't don't know much about him, except that that convention center is named after him. But I wanted to mention both of those guys because I see them as, you know, politicians and really big heroes. And thing about Henry B, I can say he's a graduate of Fox Tech High School. Ooh, mm -hmm. And he's not a communist. <laughs> don't a lot call of people him accuse that. him of that. Don't <laughs> call him that. <laughs> He'll punch you out. <laughs> punch in the nose. Yeah. He did punch somebody, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. It was it was at the Earl Abels. Earl Abels, yeah. He was in a restaurant. Somebody called him a communist at Earl Abels while he was having dinner and he got up and punched him in the face. He got away with it because he got hungry. Feisty. Love it. Yeah, yeah. He was a he was a handful, that's for sure.
<laughs> well, there was inciting language going on, and uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, those and are two. His son got into politics too. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Two, uh, two very good um, historical and, figures there. Yeah, very yeah. important. And, and you mentioned Henry B. Gonzalez, and that's and that's a good segue for me. Are you done? Can I? I'm yeah, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm just going to start talking now. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, no, but Henry B. Gonzalez was on my list. I, start, I started to make a list, but they were of San Antonio notables. But they were all politicians. I remember we kind of, when we first started this podcast, we said we we're going to stay out of politics. I said, well, man, I'm going down the wrong road with this. <laughs> so I'm not going to get into politics. I don't care if you're left or right, conservative, liberal, Democrat, Republican. That's not what this is about. But bringing up Henry B. was part of it. It's more about his accomplishments, how he came from Fox Egg High School, you know, his humble beginnings to, you know, the federal level, you know, in, in U.S. politics as a as congressman. Mm -hmm. and, then, and and this will show you how my, my mind jumped from one to the other to the other. And it brought up Hen Henry Cisneros. Mm -hmm. Same thing, humble beginning. Still, had, I don't know if he still lives there, but when he was, he, he made it to Mayor San Antonio, but he maintained a home on the west side. He mm -hmm. stuck true to his his uh his roots, his roots and uh, made it all the way to as HUD secretary under the in the Clinton administration. Again, my mind started to jump. Again, brought me to the Castro brothers. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at their biographies. Accomplished, impressive. You know, young men. I mean, they're they're in their forties now, but they were very young when they started. Mm -hmm. Stanford educated. Uh, Julian became mayor. Joaquin became a congressman. Julian was part of Obama's cabinet as a HUD secretary, as well as Henry Cisneros. Mm -hmm. So, and presidential anyway, hopeful. Yeah. So so yeah so so you know that I know that's. We're, get, we're running that fine line into politics. So I'm not going to go too far into that. But they were all accomplished and all from humble beginnings with San Antonio origins. Uh, again, this shows how my mind wanders. I started thinking, well, Castro Brothers are on my list. I go, you got to get away from politics. And then all of, I don't know, popped into my head the Diaz Brothers. And I'm not talking about the Diaz Brothers mentioned in Scarface. Uh, <laughs> Uh, 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 Robert Laugia's character, Frank Lopez, and Al Pacino were having a conversation. Oh, I now I got to deal with the Diaz brothers. <laughs> I'm talking about the Diaz brothers in MMA, and I go, we never talk about sports. So I'm glad you guys know, and uh, and uh, Fernando Venezuela, because a lot of people think MMA is just horrible, brutal sport. I know. But, Diaz brothers, I find my especially during the pandemic, I watch a lot of. YouTube videos. I started getting into these old MMA matches, and these guys are some brutal, tough brothers from California. So <laughs> it, they're very impressive. If I ever uh, had to hire a security detail, I would hire these guys. <laughs> the Diaz brothers from MMA, not the ones mentioned in the movie Scarface. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I was all over the place with this one from Hollywood. <laughs> That just tells you how my mind wanders. <laughs> how, how I got from Henry B. Gonzalez to 
MMA. MMA. <laughs> the punch. The punch. Oh, oh there you go. <laughs> There's your connection. Maybe, maybe subconsciously that, that's what it was. Henry B got him in an arm bar and made him submit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, I put, and I even put a little side note here. It has nothing to do with Latino, Hispanic heritage. I was like, I'd like to see a, a exhibition match between Ronda Rousey and, and Steve-O from Jackass. <laughs> just an idea again my mind wandering that's a topic for our next one <laughs> i'd like to see steve get a beat down it's just i, I, I think that would be entertaining she does she's doing wwe now so she might, she might not mind so anyway i know i got silly there at the end but it was all that i ran out of time and i really didn't research that segment seriously but that's it that's that's your that's your choice okay um um yeah we have uh we don't have enough time uh to get to mine and susan's let's take a quick break and uh and we'll be right back with those and um birthdays and shout outs Roll the R. Chicharrones. Chicharrones. Hispanic. We're practicing rolling our R's, Jose. Chicharrones. Get ready to do your uh, to to end with your grito, your best grito. Grito. Me 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 me. Or cowbell. Cowbell. All right, Susan, you want to go next? I guess. <laughs> Why you laugh? <laughs> you're like, not that enthusiastic. You're like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> we're like Lee Trevino, Fernando, the Diaz brothers, and I guess. <laughs> 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 don't be putting me in that <laughs> lazy mouse category the <laughs> lazy mouse <laughs> okay um well because um <clears throat> i felt like you know oh now i have to do a scientist <laughs> but i oh. didn't want to do scientists because it's all men sorry <laughs> And very fun, very few women. So that gets to me. I found one, an astronaut, first mm -hmm. astronaut, Hispanic female astronauts. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, engineer Ellen Ocho Ocho Ochoa. Ochoa. Yeah. See? Number, number eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> first female. Hispanic in space, okay. Um, she became a, she was also a co-inventor of about three patents in optics nice. and image processing. So it's good. She's got she's got paper there. <laughs> Astronaut in ninety one, but she she flew in four shuttle missions in ninety three. You know. Mm. But then she also was the first Hispanic 
director of the Johnson, Johnson Space Center. Oh, the first mm. Hispanic one, but she was the second female director. Okay. There's only been two. See? Wow. <laughs> Not a lot of women. I, seriously, I didn't find a lot of women scientists Hispanic. That's yeah. why we can STEM, thank goodness, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. I And when I read that, actually, that reminded me of, of a student I had. She was from Mexico, you know. She she was learning the English, and so I was trying to learn the Spanish with her. But she did speak English pretty well, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember she was so excited. She wanted to be an astronaut in the military, a doctor, everything. You know? And so she, she was getting a, a um, telescope for her birthday. Ooh. And I um, had attended some like a, a work, well, almost a three-day workshop at NASA in Houston. And I remember I got to meet um, Sally Fields. So she was signing her books. Sally Field or Sally Ride? Oh, I'm sorry, Sally Ride. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I was going to ask too. I was watching a movie this morning. <laughs> you like me, you really like me. Thank you for me, Victor. <laughs> right. I was like, I didn't know she was a scientist. I know. I was like, what? In a movie. I was watching Did a movie. Did she a scientist? No. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching a movie with her right this morning, waiting for you guys. Um, well, a box of chocolate. <laughs> anyway. So I got to meet her, and she signed some books for me. So I had extras, and I had given that the girl one of the books. It was a children's book, you know, that she wrote about space. So I gave it to her. That's cool. Unfortunately, she didn't come back the following year, so I don't know what's happened. I hope she did get to where she wanted to go. Um, that was one scientist. But I, I, I wanted to mention one I, I, actress I liked, Rita Moreno. You know? mm -hmm. Puerto Rican, first one that win like four awards but an oscar tony emmy grammy what do they call and that also, and also a peabody award yeah. now oh so for everything and egot that's what they call it yeah mm -hmm. EGOT. Mm -hmm. all for all yeah yeah mm -hmm. and she's been on quite a lot of things you know i remember seeing her in the electric company when it was on mm -hmm. that's why she won her grammy award that's my first memory of her. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. But those are the two. I, I'm sorry, I'm not as <laughs> detailed as everybody else. <laughs> but yeah, looking at scientists, I knew that I wouldn't find much. That's why I was kind of just, I was already disappointed before that. You know, there's not enough women on here. So. That needs to change. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's what I was trying to. That was going to be my theme for school, but I couldn't find anything. <laughs> you know, the bad part. Because well, I, I believe we have a lot of girls that are good at it, but then they just fall off, or you know, yeah, love. Ah, they get love in their, uh, <laughs> you know, boys in their head now and then. <laughs> yeah, middle school age, yes. <laughs> That's true. 
<laughs> That's why I hope that girl that I had made it. <laughs> I just don't know. Okay, you don't that. know. Yeah, she might be out there remembering you. I remember my teacher. <laughs> she might be car <laughs> carrying your memory into space. Yep. <laughs> <Later>. <laughs> That's yours. Very good. That's a good story. Yes. Uh, I uh, I went with an artist. She did the same thing. As, huh? Jose, Jose, she did the same thing. What's that? Well, um, yeah, I picked a, uh, I picked an artist, of course, um, somebody who's influential in, um, in Chicano Latin art, um, um, not a lot of people know this artist's name. Uh, they're more familiar with people like Diego Rivera and Frida Kahlo. Um, but uh, before them, you know, where they, where did they get their, you know, their influences from? Um, there was a, a, a guy named Jose Guadalupe Posada. Jose Guadalupe Posada was born in 1852. Um, <laughs> long time ago. Um, and he was a, a revolutionary artist. Um, and again, you know, we've been talking kind of politics mixed in with our thing. I think that kind of comes with just the culture. I mean, because of the way things have been for Latinos, you know, in, in, uh, in America um, <laughs> and in Mexico, you know, um, it, it just comes to... Um, you know, it, it just, it's just part of it. It's uh, kind of right into us. We, you know, we're revolutionaries. We fight, we, we work, we work for change. And, um, and so uh, Jose Guadalupe Posada was an artist. Uh, he was actually a, a lithographer um, who made prints. He made prints for, um, I, I don't know what you call them, uh, what they would be called in English, but they're, um, like um like kind of posters posters that would be put up um pictures that would be put in the the, the dailies and newspapers back then um and uh he he is known for these because we see them now everywhere especially during um dia de los muertos everybody uses these images they're images of the skeletons like las calaveras las calacas uh, Las Catrinas, all of that comes from Jose Guadalupe Posada. And, um, and nobody realizes that they were actually meant to be um, satire, uh, you know, satirical drawings of political and important, usually wealthy people, you know, in society back then, you know, um, he, he was kind of a um, a fighter for the working people. And, um, and so the images tended to portray, you know, these um, 
politicians and like I said, you know, wealthy people who had who were in power, um, you know, showing them as these skeletons, um, because that's where we're all going to end up. Um, so it's they he doesn't mean it as something scary because uh, obviously, um, you know, Chicano, Hispanic, Latinx culture doesn't view um, skeletons as necessarily, you know, something scary or spooky or anything like that. Um, it's just a symbol that stands for death. And, you know, that's where we're all going to return to someday, you know, back down to the earth and, uh, and revert to skeletons. And um, this way he could draw these images and people would recognize who the person was without there being any skin or facial characteristics oh. um you know other than maybe like oh i know who that is because look at the mustache he wears the handlebar mustache just like this guy or oh look at that 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 skeleton there is this woman because she's got you know the certain hat that who what you know so and so wears um so there would be little things that people would recognize um, especially people who were illiterate and were kind of like on the lower rungs of society, they would recognize who they were and it would kind of call them up to, um, you know, to, to be strong and to keep fighting. Um, so, uh, yeah, my history lesson for the day is done. Thank you very much. Good. I didn't know that. <laughs> so he's the guy, he's the guy that created like the Katrinas and the La Katrina, yes. right there. So yes. real quick, I, I just, since you were talking about that, uh, the reason I can't, meet with y'all next weekend is because we're going up to Dallas and Melinda is going to participate in an event called uh, uh, Katrina, the event. Oh. So we're going to have people from, from Los Angeles coming to Dallas and from around the country and they're going to participate there. There's different people, artists and stuff showing off their art, but they're going to have a competition that she and I are, are working on right now. We're working on her uh, outfit, um, her crown, her Corona, her makeup and everything. I'm, I'm trying to give her some, some ideas and um we're, we're just working on things that we're going to add to her dress and i'm also gonna gonna dress up too she's gonna paint my face too and and, and everything since i think y'all remember she's she likes doing that yeah, yeah. I, was gonna, yeah I was gonna mention melinda must know who this person oh. is you know mm -hmm. so that's cool yeah so uh, I'll, I'll try to post pictures so you guys oh, can yeah see yeah please and, yeah and this is taking place where now you said in dallas in Dallas, yeah. So it's gonna be Saturday and and um, pretty much pretty much most of the day. So we're gonna go, and she has to go dressed because she's gonna compete. They're they're having a competition, and and she just wanted to go just to go, you know, just to go look around. And I I convinced her to to get involved because they're having a competition. Yeah. And um, I was like, just do it, you know, you you like doing it, so so go ahead and do it. And yeah. Uh, flying or driving? Uh, we're, we're driving over there. We're driving over there. I can say driving costume. Yeah, <laughs> into a gas station, get off. Put the pumps Freak off. everybody. They, 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 they even painted her on a mural here in San Antonio on the west side. They uh, they liked it so much. I saw that. Did you see that? And the, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was so cool. Wait, yeah. where where is it? It's on the west side. There's a. It's kind of like a wall behind this this one bar. Um, I can't remember what the name of the bar is, but. Uh, we went when they first revealed it, when they were first working on it, and and they had like a big event to like, you know, unveil it to everybody. Oh. But um, uh, I'll, I'll send you guys a, a link to her Instagram account, and you can see it. Okay. Awesome. Or the at 
address so we can go down there. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very cool. Oh, yes. Awesome. 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 Very uh, Latino. So it fits mm-hmm. with our subject. Yep. Well, guys, I guess that's it. Um, we're going to do um, birthdays and shout outs real quick. And um, I guess that's, I guess that's all. Uh, <laughs> on this all, you guys can think of something else. Uh, let me see here. Hold on. Let me get my list real quick. What, and is Hispanic Heritage Month August? No. Um, no. We're it's September. That we picked this. Yes, he says it's September. Okay. So yeah, till like the fifteenth of October because it also oh. encompasses um, Indigenous um, People's Day. So it's more than just a month. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, it's a month. It's a month, but it's like a half month and half month. Thirty calendar days or something like yes. that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. Um, oh, let me see my. Uh, let me grab my list real quick. It's it's this month, Victor, since we're in September. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, why yeah. did you say August? <laughs> why would you say August? That's like last That's month. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I almost argued with you. <laughs> wink, yeah. wink, where it's... I was paying, I was paying attention. September. Oh, uh-huh. uh, yeah, yeah. I just All right. We ready what? for birthdays? I didn't know when it was going to post. That's why. Oh, oh. <laughs> so uh famous birthdays I'm gonna, I, since we're doing um hispanic heritage month and it's september <laughs> i went for september 16th which is a couple days away um yes he says it september birthdays um i i don't think they don't really see much uh, representation here for Latinos, but uh, yeah, we got some celebrities here. Um, we have uh, actor Mickey Rourke turning 68. Oh. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Magician David Copperfield, who is going to be 64. Mm. Um, the ever funny Amy Poehler is going to be 49. <laughs> Um, let's see, rapper Flo Riders 41. Mm, oh, who else? Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Anybody else? We need Does he to also see? do vocabulary. Vocabulary. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, uh, one of the Tilly sisters, I can't remember. Is it Jennifer? I think it's Jennifer. Meg and Jennifer. Meg yeah. Tilly, Jennifer Tilly. Jennifer, it is Jennifer. Jennifer Tilly is going to be 62. Mm-hmm. Wow. lovely as ever um and uh well i guess that's pretty much it uh there's a few others but um yeah got one no nick jonas i forgot nick jonas 28 yeah. you forgot another one brothers kid who, who did i forget mexico's birthday Ta-da! <laughs> oh, mexico independence Woo! day right so, Right, yeah. that's right. Yes, he's oh, one of the Independence Day. <laughs> yeah, so happy birthday to everyone and to Mexico. And um, I don't know, do we want to do a grito from Mexico? I'll try. <laughs> Everybody's no. like, uh. I cleared, I cleared out the room this last time when I tried this. 
I get a pretty strong voice. I don't. You're gonna scare everybody else in the house. <laughs> I get pretty loud. You ready? <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll do. We'll do one. Ready? You shattered some of my wine glasses here. <laughs> I told you. I told you. Why do you have wine out so early? <laughs> I think I woke up some neighbors. Welcome <laughs> coming out of their house looking around. <laughs> you you blew out you blew out the microphone for for like a split second there and went silence. It was just you like. I <laughs> was all hitting the mute button. <laughs> Very good. So I, used to, I used to coach, so I've got that voice, you know. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, I guess that's it for Pod Squad. Uh, if you want to contact us, uh, follow the information below. Uh, make sure that you're subscribing to our little buttons down here somewhere. Uh, and, Push all the buttons. Uh, Follow us on Facebook and uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram. We're on all 